Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, I'm Cody Westbrook, and you're listening to another episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. I invite your attention to Nehemiah chapter 8 for this episode. Last episode, we introduced this chapter, and then we had a side study on the Bible and the importance of turning to the Scripture in order to change our lives. This episode, we want to turn our attention to the text of Nehemiah chapter 8. Again, be mindful of the fact that as we look at this chapter, we're in the context of the book of Nehemiah in which Nehemiah turns his attention away from the building of the walls and two, the rebuilding of the people. This is a chapter about restoration because the people recognized that their lives needed to be changed. They recognized that they had not been living in a way that God would have them to live, and so they asked, how can we change that? How can we make that right? Well, Nehemiah is going to turn their attention to God's Word in Nehemiah chapter 8. I want us to notice together first Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, where we find a demand for the law. In Nehemiah 8, verse 1, Scripture says, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Now as we consider the demand for the law in these three verses, I want us to notice first that this was a single-minded demand. A single-minded demand. Notice in the beginning of verse 1, the Bible tells us that all the people gathered together as one man. In other words, they were unified in their demand and in their desire for the law of God. A common desire to hear God's word took precedence over everything else. A unifying appet- or an appetite, excuse me, for God's word is a unifying force. In Philippians 1 verse 27, Paul said his desire for the brethren there was that they stand fast in one mind with one spirit striving together for the faith of the gospel. As we consider our congregations of the Church of Christ, one point that is important for us to notice is that it is God's will that we be unified, and the way that we can be unified is by standing firmly upon what God's Word teaches. But notice that a desire for God's Word found within every member of the congregation, that appetite, that desire alone is a unifying force. Second, notice that this demand for the law of God was an enthusiastic demand. The Bible says that they spoke to Ezra the scribe. They they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law. It was the people who called out to Ezra to bring the book of the law, not Ezra who stood before the people and said, you need to hear the book of the law. No, the people demanded. They took initiative 
Ezra, we want to hear God's word. If a congregation is going to be strong, then it's going to have to have a a desire, a demand for the word of God. Notice that the people didn't want to hear just anything. They didn't want to hear about the latest news and the latest direction given from the kingdom of Persia. They didn't want to know about the latest demands that the elders of Israel had come up with. No, what they wanted to hear was the law of God. And enthusiastically and forcefully, they demanded Ezra, bring us the law of God. Notice third, though, that this demand was an attentive demand. It wasn't just that they wanted God's word. It wasn't just that they said to Ezra the scribe, bring God's word and and speak it and read it to us. No, they listened. The Bible tells us that the ears of all the people were attentive. And so Ezra the priest brought the law of the Lord before the assembly that he read from, read from it from morning until midday in the ears of all of the people who had the ability to understand, and they listened. This further demonstrates their great desire. You see, the people knew that it was God's law. They knew that it was powerful. They knew that the words that Ezra was reading were not just empty or mere words on a page, but that those words needed to be listened to and needed to be obeyed and had the ability to change their lives. They understood the power of God's word. They knew that they needed it. There must be within every congregation of God's people a demand for God's Word produced by a thirst for God's Word, an understanding of God's Word, and a respect for God's Word. Next, notice in Nehemiah 8 verse 4 to 6 we have respect for the law. There's the demand for the law in Nehemiah 8, verse 1 to 3, respect for the law in Nehemiah 8, verse 4 to 6. Read with me, if you will. So Ezra the scribe, the Bible says, stood upon a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose. And beside him at his right hand stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Maasiah. And at his left hand, Pediah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And verse 5 says that Ezra opened the book in the sight of all of the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he stood, he opened it, and all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads, and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. What do we notice in these three verses about how the people viewed the law of God. Well, number one, they recognized its authority. They recognized that the word that Ezra was reading was the word of God, the creator of the universe, and that it was and is the final authority. Remember John 12, 48. They recognized, number two, its power. They recognized that the Bible has the power to convict men of sin, Acts 2, verse 37. That it has the power, as we discussed last week, to build us up, Acts 20, verse 32, and to change our lives, Psalm 119 and verse number 9. They also recognized, number three, the need for this word. They knew what they needed to hear. They knew that they needed to hear the words of life. We all uh, we can all be better, and we must all desire 
to be better is a lesson that is learned from these passages. They recognize the authority of God's Word. They recognize its power to change them. They recognize that they needed it. Do we recognize that we need the Word of God? But they also recognized its author. Notice that when Ezra the scribe stood up to read, when he opened the book in the sight of all of the people, that he blessed the Lord and that the people answered, Amen, Amen, and they all bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. What does this mean? It means that they submitted themselves to God. As Ezra read from the Word of God in recognizing the author of that Word, they bowed themselves humbly in submission before him. This is a sign of great respect. No, there is no better way to show our respect for God than to submit ourselves to Him and to His Word. So we have a demand for the law. The people want to hear God's Word. Ezra, bring us the law. Read the law. We want to hear it. We're thirsting for it. But there is also a respect for what that law was and is and for what it said. But then third... I want you to notice with me in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 7 to 12, that there is an application of the law. An application of the law. Nehemiah 8, verse 7 says, Also Jeshua, Bani, Sherebijah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatiah, Hodijah, Maaseah, Kelida, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book of the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the meaning. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn and weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions, and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. There is so much to be found in these passages. Notice in the first place that we're not dealing with a situation where there's mindless superstition. It's not as if Ezra stood up and read from the law of God and the people heard these words, but they had no idea what they meant or how they applied. No, mindless superstition was a hallmark of paganism, of idol worship, and the trouble in Israel's past, according to Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 6, the people of God were destroyed for lack of knowledge. They at one point knew neither what God's word said, nor what it meant, nor how to apply it in their lives, and the result of that was 70 years of captivity in Babylon. They just returned from those years of captivity. No more were they interested in mindless superstition. But notice also in these passages that there is a great emphasis upon understanding God's Word. Verse number 2, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding. Verse number 3, he read before the men and women and those who could understand. Verse number 7, also the names listed help the people to understand the law. Verse number 8, 
So they read distinctly from the law, from the book and the law, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. Verse number 12, all the people went their way to eat and drink and send portions and rejoice because they understood what the word of God said. Again, it wasn't a situation in which the word of God was read just for the sake of reading it. No, there was emphasis on understanding it. Ezra read it before the people who could understand it, and the Levites helped the people to understand it. And when the people understood it, they went on their way rejoicing. What does this teach us? What do we learn from these passages? Well, we learn, first and foremost, that God's Word can be understood. God is not the author of confusion, according to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33. Paul commanded the church at Ephesus that they be wise and understand the will of God, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. God's word can be understood. We need to realize that point because there are some difficult passages in the Bible, that's true, but there are no passages in the Bible which are beyond our capability of understanding. But second, not only can God's word must be understood, it must It must be understood, and it must be applied to our lives. We're reading about Ezra the scribe in Nehemiah chapter 8, but it might interest you to note that in Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 10, the Bible says of this great man that Ezra sought first to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and then to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Notice, Ezra himself set forth to know God's Word and to understand it and to apply it to his life, and then, upon having sought it and read it and learned it and understood it, then to teach it. Ezra knew what it meant to apply and understand God's Word. James chapter 1 and verse number 22, we receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save our souls. Colossians 1 verse 9 through 11, a passage we looked at in our last episode, A passage that tells us that as a result of growing in our knowledge of God's Word, that we grow closer to God, that we are strengthened, that we are fruitful, that we walk a worthy walk, we live a worthy life. You see, when God's Word is properly understood and properly applied, it will produce change within our lives. That's what's going on in verse number 12. That's why the people rejoiced. They understood what God's Word meant. They understood how it applied to their lives. And so it changed them. It changed their their thinking. And it changed their action. Finally, I want us to notice from Nehemiah chapter 8 a restoration of the law. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 13 through 18. The Bible says, Now on the second day the heads of the fathers... Houses of all the people, with the priests and with the Levites, were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the words of the law. Notice, they were gathered for the purpose of understanding. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month. And that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of olive trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths as it is written. Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house or in their courtyards or the courts of the house of God and in the open square of the water gate and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day the children of Israel had not done so, 
and there was very great gladness. And day by day, from the first day unto the last, he read from the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. Now, here's what's going on in this context. The Feast of Tabernacles was a feast that required the children of Israel to dwell in booths for seven days in order to commemorate the wilderness wandering. You can read about this in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 39 through 44. Now, here's the problem. According to verse, according to verse number 17, the children of Israel had not observed this feast since the time of Joshua. In other words, there was a command found in God's law that the children of Israel as a whole had ignored for years and years. So upon hearing God's word and learning that there was a command that God had instituted that they had not observed, they immediately sought to change their ways and to restore their obe- themselves to obeying this, this command of God. You see, restoration doesn't require us to create anything new. It simply means taking something back to its original purpose. God's original intent in this particular case was that the children of Israel dwell in booths, that they observe the Feast of Tabernacles. And when they turned their attention to the law of God and recognized that that's what God wanted, they didn't create any new uh, events. They didn't make a new feast. No, they simply said, let's do what God commanded. They went back to the old. They took something, took themselves back to God's original purpose. That same principle applies to us today. If we will but love and apply the Word of God to our lives, it will change us as it did them. And as we think about this from a personal standpoint and from a congregational standpoint, we have to recognize that these points in Nehemiah chapter 8 must be present within our own lives and within our congregations. A demand for God's law, a hungering and a thirsting for it. A respect for God's law, recognizing the authority and the power of the author who gave it. An application of God's law, not just hearing it, but knowing what it means and applying it to our lives. And then a restoration, allowing that word to change us, allowing that word to mold us and to shape us. And when we see that there are practices going on in our lives that don't match up with Scripture, or when we see that there are practices that Scripture prescribes that we're not observing, we make the proper changes. And when we do, we will find great joy and gladness, just as they did in Nehemiah chapter 8. There had been a famine in the land. Amos wrote about it in Amos chapter 8, verse number 11. It was not a famine of food, but a famine of the Word of God, and it had destroyed them. Hebrew, uh, excuse me, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. But Nehemiah and Ezra and the people, they were determined not to allow that to go on any longer. They were determined to turn their attention to God's Word so that the famine could come to an end. They wanted to feast upon the blessings of Scripture. That famine still exists, sadly, in our land today in the lives of so many. So we all ought to make the determination to demand and to respect and to apply and to allow the Word of God to mold us and shape us into the people that He would have us to be. The only question that's left to ask is, have you made that determination? And if not, why not? 
That's the end of our study. We thank you for listening to this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. We encourage you to let your friends and your family and your neighbors know about the podcast and about the work that we do at the Southwest Church of Christ. We hope that if you're able, you'll come and visit us and allow us to meet you and get to know you a little bit. And if there's some way that we can help you to learn more of God's Word, or maybe you have questions, maybe you're not sure what you need to do in order to be the person that God would have you to be, then we encourage you to reach out to us, contact us in some way, and we would love nothing more than to be able to spend time opening up the Bible with you and see what God has to say about your life and about your situation. Thank you for listening. We hope, Lord willing, that you'll be back with us for our next episode as we open up God's Word and study more of the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.